At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go papertarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. First Bet wants you to get in on all the horse racing action. Sign up today with promo code Vegas1000 and receive $10 instantly and up to $1,000 bonus cash. Visit vsin.com slash horses for details and use that bonus code Vegas1000. Welcome into Hour 3 of Follow the Money. If you're just joining us, Stormy Bonantoni and the Super Bowl champion Sean King in for Mitch and Paul. Getting a little vacation time in. Happy for them. We've talked a lot of college football, lots of NFL. I want to get into NBA talk here. And even if this saga is annoying and it continues to drag on and on, Still very interesting, and every day we're getting new wrinkles in what's happening with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving with regards to the Brooklyn Nets. The Nets are the favorite now to have KD back on the roster to play his first minute in the NBA season next year with them. How do you think that things play out? I think I'm buying Nets stock right now. I'm going to put a future bet in on the Nets at 15-1 to to win the NBA championship, and uh, I'm also going to play the Nets to win the Eastern Conference. And, And here's why, Stormy. They were the prohibitive favorite last year when people thought that the nucleus of the roster was going to be Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden. After all of the turmoil, people are down on the nets, but I don't think either one is getting traded. And I think when the season starts next year, it's going to be Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and Ben Simmons with Seth Curry and Joe Harris as the other two guys. And I think that's a legitimate group in the East. I really do. I think Ben Simmons is the perfect complement to Kyrie and Durant because he doesn't need the ball, doesn't even really want the he ball. He doesn't shoot the ball ever. But he does all the other things. First of yeah. all, when they play Defensively, the, the Celtics, very instead of KD yes. having to guard Jason Tatum, it's Ben Simmons. You know, instead of Kyrie having to bring the ball up against Marcus Smart, Ben Simmons can play the point guard role at times and take some of that pressure off. You have two sharp shooters in Joe Harris and Seth Curry. I just like this team, and I, and I think people are so caught up in all the off-the-court stuff, and I get Kyrie in basically a contract year. And last time Kyrie was in this situation, he looked like you know one of the top five players you know in the world. So I do think at the end of the day, Kyrie's little experiment failed. Mm-hmm. He realizes it. I think he understands how important it is for him to get back to being an elite basketball player. So I think you're getting a Brooklyn Nets team that's actually motivated, which I don't know that we've had that since they decided to make the decision to go. So I just think 15-1 to 1 is unbelievable value for a team that's going to be pretty darn talented. Especially if you think that they're going to come together and be on the same page. My question is, 
are they going to be on the same well, page? Well, I'm willing to roll the dice at 15 to 1. Yeah. I really You got am. the value. The the report, though, from, from Dave McMenamin when he was on that podcast over the last 24, 48 hours said that there's a school of thought speaking to the people around the league that he's talked to, that they think the Durant trade request wasn't actually about him getting out of Brooklyn, but it was about getting Kyrie out of Brooklyn. When you heard that soundbite, that clip, what did you think? Did you did you believe that that was the case? It just seems like a very workaround way to do that situation when you guys are supposed to be these best of friends. Well, I thought that was the situation the entire time. You did? Yes. because That's interesting. Why? Well, because I... I think internally Brooklyn understands if they trade Kyrie before they trade Kevin Durant, then Kevin Durant is going to be very disenfranchised because now he's under contract on a team that he knows can't compete. So you dangle the Kevin Durant out there hoping that somebody would give you a Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, multiple firsts in return. If you don't get it, you bring Kevin back, and now you keep Kyrie so that Kevin can be – okay, at least in a position we have a chance. If Ben Simmons is going to come back and play to the level we saw him in Philly, we don't need him to necessarily be a scorer because we also have Seth Curry and Joe Harris to go with Kyrie and KD. So I think this was the net saying we have to figure out what we can get for KD. And if we can get what, you know, a king's ransom, then we'll blow this thing up and start over. But if we can't, then we're going to go into this and, and try and win us a championship. And if they can get that done, then people will forget about the first three years of this experiment. Experiment is a really, really nice way to put it. Um, well, it was. It was an experiment. Can a player-ran team win a championship? That's what the experiment was. Well, because this this was a situation where, for the first time, it's these players are the ones that have won with other guys, right? They haven't won with their guys. They're trying to piece together their puzzle, saying that we can win a championship on our own. We don't need to join a super team like like Kyrie did with the Cavs or like KD did with Golden State, that... They can do it together and on their own. I just have a lot of question marks about their relationship in general because I, I feel like as I've watched this whole thing unfold that they seem like these friends that are more, they were more like acquaintance friends, right? When they're on separate teams and they really like each other and there's that attraction level that like, hey, we could really hang out and we could be best buds and this could be awesome. But then once they're actually stuck together and they're, you know, assigned a group project together and they have to be around each other day in and day out. And you find out that your buddy thinks the world is flat and things are a little bit weird. It's not going to plan as much that things just haven't worked out. And I don't know if Katie is like trying to put on this face in front of everybody, like, Oh, we're great. Everything's fine. But in reality, he's starting to feel the way that everybody else probably feels watching all of this. And is like, how are you, friends with this guy, how are you determining your career and your future well, with this person? I definitely think that there is some apprehension on KD's part, but this is where I think Kyrie being in the contract year comes in, comes into play. Once Kyrie gets in the camp and KD sees, okay, yeah, this is Kyrie pre-Brooklyn Nets. Like, he's serious about basketball. Then it just becomes about the basketball. And the reason that I called it an experiment because it wasn't just Kyrie and KD getting together, but it was – Kyrie and KD telling the team that instead of Jared Allen, we wanted DeAndre Jordan. Instead of Spencer Dinwoody and that group, we wanted James Harden. Instead of getting an experienced coach, we wanted Steve Nash. Instead of Steve Nash coaching, we don't need a coach. Just let us, you know, run <laughs> what we say, want. Go so, talk to LeBron James about how that works when players play GM, though. It's not, the it's thing not is, great. LeBron went to Miami, and he didn't have, you know, that kind of leverage and power. You know, that was Pat Riley. Remember, they wanted to fire Eric Spolstra. Remember, that was the big deal after the, the year when they lost to the Mavericks. Dang, I haven't thought about that in a while. Yeah, Riley was like, man, I would have go sit down and play basketball. And, and, you know, when he went back to Cleveland, he had more power, but it just was the perfect scenario because everybody wanted to come. And they had J.R. Smith and, and, and those kind of guys that were great role players, you know, and fit the bill for what they were trying to get accomplished. So, I like Brooklyn. I think 15 to 1 is a great price. Okay, so you're buying in on the Nets. Mm -hmm. Because I mentioned LeBron, the Lakers sitting there at 11 to 1. Both of these teams were favorites going into last season. Things fell apart for them this year. LA didn't even make the playoffs, and Brooklyn obviously got swept in the opening round. The Lakers, supposedly, LeBron, Anthony Davis, Westbrook on the phone together talking about how great things are going to be moving forward, that they are in this together. How does that play out on the basketball court is my question because it doesn't feel like they have chemistry. It doesn't feel like they have cohesion. They are an old aging group together and 
another experiment. Westbrook just hasn't worked. So, so it's, what it's do we interesting do here? because Westbrook gets a lot of the blame for the Lakers' failures when he deserves almost none of it. The Lakers fail because Anthony Davis can't stay healthy. If Anthony Davis is healthy, Anthony Davis and LeBron James with Russell Westbrook as a third piece, they're not going to be underdogs in all, almost any series. Now, whether they can go out and win it, they still have to prove them on the basketball court. But the Lakers' failures have been, you know, Anthony Davis not being available. So they can talk all they want. They can kumbaya. They can say it's it only the Lakers' season revolves around the health of Anthony Davis. I wish I had the exact quote in front of me. I can't remember what he said, but I was just cracking <laughs> up when I read that, like, they had this phone call together and whatever the verbiage was, all I could think was, how romantic. Right, like, Isn't that sweet? And it's good, I mean, because they're under such a microscope. Maybe that quiet some of the criticism. But at the end of the day, if Anthony Davis is healthy, they have a shot. If he's not healthy, they have no chance. Well, and LeBron James obviously like can't do it all on his own right and that was the big thing is that it felt like on a nightly basis and he dealt with his own health issues as well that on a nightly basis though when he's out there on the court he's going to put up 40 points but if nobody else is if the supporting cast can't do anything yeah what are you going to do and and i'll be honest i mean the west is full of question marks so i mean if you're a person that thinks anthony davis is going to be able to be healthy then 11 to 1 on the lakers is important i mean the sun's all we heard was that they didn't want DeAndre Ayton, and now all of a sudden they give him this huge extension. But we saw how vulnerable they are, and Chris Paul's a year older. No one believes that the Clippers are going to stay healthy. Kawhi, Paul George, uh, wow. John Wall. I, like, what are the chances see, that Jerry, the detriotic team, unit like making it through the season? <laughs> that's the team, though, that I look at and – you see the potential and you want it to be there so bad. And I'm, you know, I'm a San Diego state grad. I pull for Kawhi no matter where he goes. And he's the, he's the man in my eyes and can do no wrong. Even if he sits out an entire season, (laughs) please play anyways. But like those two together on the court, full steam ahead, healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Like I love the makeup and I would love to see what they could do, but I, there's just too many question marks. Yeah. I'm not betting it at six to one. Of course not. Golden State, though, 6-1. to one. Started to show their vulnerability. Well, the, I okay. thought they got very fortunate that the Clippers didn't have Kawhi, that Anthony Davis was out for the Lakers. They missed the Suns in the playoffs, so it kind of set up perfectly for them. I expected Golden State, once they got to the final, to be so much more dominant than they looked. And I know they obviously ended up closing out the series in a strong form, but it just, it, they didn't look the way that I thought they were They're going to older. coming into the series. The Suns, I hate the way that they went out. Yeah. That sucked. Yeah, especially if you're a Suns fan. And especially if you were a Suns backer. Yeah, so I think the, the 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 West is wide open. I mean, you have the Memphis Grizzlies sitting there with John Moran and crew. They're feeling good. The Pelicans, if Zion Williamson is healthy. Like, it, it, there's some, some shots that you can take. Over. I finally got really into the NBA and then it just abrupted so end so quickly. I was just very emotional about it, but thank goodness we have football on the horizon. All will be right with the world in short order. Um, we will get to a little bit more NFL talk. We've got MLB at the end of the hour. Larry Boa, former MLB manager is going to join us to close things out later on. Don't go anywhere. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. You're a growing business. 
which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Follow the money on VSEN, the sports betting network. Chris King, one of the lead handicappers over at Winter and Winers, has been crushing it with his parlays lately. He recently hit six of seven in one day and went into the All-Star break having won his clients over $5,000 the previous four days. You need to jump on his parlay money train now, and they have an offer to entice you. If you use the promo code VEASANCKPK50 at checkout, then you'll get any of his packages at 50% off. That's promo code VEASANCKPK50 at checkout to get Chris's parlays at 50% off the normal price. Stormy Bon and Tony alongside Sean King here on the desk. Follow the money. Welcome back to Circa Resort and Casino. And let's get back to some NFL conversation. A division that I'm very interested in is the NFC South. And we know that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the bell of the ball with Tom Brady back, big favorites in the division. But there's a little bit of intrigue for a number of reasons with some other teams in this conference, in this division. Most notably, we've got the Saints coming back. Jameis Winston supposedly coming back healthy from the ACL, MCL issues that he had. Michael Thomas coming back from his injury as well. And those two go hand in hand. The success. What do you think? I like it. You add into the fact that they added Jarvis Landry. They drafted Chris Olave from uh, Ohio State, who a lot of people thought was the most NFL-ready wide receiver and a very deep and talented group that, that came from college you know, into the league in this past draft, I'm buying Saints stock. I mean, they were, I think, fourth in total defense last year. Dennis Allen, who's been with Sean Payton in New Orleans for a while, was promoted to head coach. They kept Carmichael as the OC, who's been with Payton for, I think, the last 15 years. So there won't be a lot of change from a system standpoint. Only two things that kind of worry me with them, not sure that offensive line is great. And how long is Alvin Kamara's suspension? because he's such a dynamic weapon. But I do think Jameis has the team in the right mindset. I saw some clips where he had the entire offense down in Miami, and they were working out together, you know, throwing routes, you know, lifting, running. So, you know, I think they're motivated. I think Tampa's taking a step back this year. I just think there's been a lot of turnover there. They got older. Uh, Brady flirted with going to the Dolphins. Uh, now he's back. Fournette showed up, you know, Slightly bigger than he was the last time they've seen him. Chris Godwin, is he healthy? You know, I like the Russell Gage addition, but also no Rob Gronkowski. How does that impact the red zone offense? So, you know, with there being some legit question marks in Tampa, no Indomitian Sue, Jason Pierre-Paul on that defensive line. Guys like Joe Tryon, Vita Vea have to assume a lot more responsibility. I think there's a, a, a space for the Saints, who, by the way, beat Tampa both times last year, seem to be – the Bucks kryptonite if you look <laughs> yep. at, you know, what's happened in recent history. So, you know, I think there's a lot of value, Stormy, on New Orleans, and, and I'm buying that stock. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested in following those first few games and seeing how they start the season because, I mean, Jameis Winston specifically, and Ian Rappaport, by the way, has said that it's been all positive for him in his rehab. Full health is coming, so it sounds like he should be good to go back suiting up week one. We've seen all the social media videos. He's even training without that knee brace. Um, great to see. But they started off the year really well last year, and it's not like Jameis Winston was lighting up the the scoreboard. But they were five and two while he was healthy to get things going. His touchdown interception ratio was fourteen to three, mm-hmm. which was a huge step in the right direction compared to 
years past where well, his interception with Jameis, massive. He only had one year where he really turned the ball over. And that was the year he was, what, 33? Too many. Right. Just too many. But it's amazing that, you know, that was the only time. That kind of was the outlier. He also threw for 5,000 yards and, uh, what, 36, 37 touchdown the passes. The touchdown passes are always there. It's right. just the But it was the just other, the one year. Yep. You know, it's funny how some quarterbacks get a bad rap. For instance, who threw more interceptions last year, if you ask the average person, Josh Allen or Carson Wentz? Allen threw 15. Carson only threw seven. So sometimes, like, guys get these perceptions that don't really match. Well, Matt Stafford won a Super Bowl, and he threw the most in the league right. with Trevor Lawrence. Right. So, so I mean, so just, I, I, not to, to, to you know, sidetrack the conversation, but I do think Jameis has a big year because of the weapons that they have there, his ability to push the ball down the field. Yeah, Chris Olave yeah. will be a nice add. He there, has the great functional mobility, so he can pick up a couple first downs with his legs, something they didn't really have with Drew. And again, it just comes down to, okay, can they function at the highest level without Sean Payton being there? So you mentioned um, earlier on when we got into a little bit of the the Browns conversation about how you think that Baker Mayfield's going to get lit up. Um, obviously, he's starting things off with Carolina. How do you feel about his fit? They're obviously an upgrade from Sam Darnold, mm-hmm. which is no question, but how do you think things will work out for him there? It's all about the start of the season. I just think Carolina's in this precarious situation where the guys know a bad year and Matt Rule's gone. Yes. And if they get off to a slow start, I don't think there's going to be complete buy-in from that locker room. So I think they have to start it early. That Christian McCaffrey has to figure out how to stay healthy. That's a big question mark. Because that's what's going to impact Robbie Anderson. If Robbie Anderson thinks that they have a chance to win, he's going to be locked in. He's going to be an elite receiver opposite DJ Moore, who's probably one of the more underrated guys in the league. Then you add I McCaffrey. love DJ Moore. Yeah, running back, and they got some weapons. But if they get off, because they have a tough schedule. Uh, I mean, well, you think they play the Browns, Saints, Cardinals, Niners, Rams. Yes. Well, and the thing about the hot start, though, that doesn't bother me as much is, like, how good were they the first three weeks of the season last year? Like, Sam Darnold, everybody was like, oh, my gosh, you know, like, Cheryl Crow, a change will do you good. But then he just fell apart because he's not a good quarterback. Well, for like, me, it was the it's the buy-in in the locker room. And, and, and here's what I mean by that. I'm not going to call Matt Rule a lame duck coach because I, I was there. I know he's a good coach. Whatever reason it hadn't Transition worked as to the NFL, seamlessly maybe just isn't as people there. thought, but but when I say buying, here's what I mean: if they start the year, let's say they lose Browns, Saints, Cardinals. They're one and three after four games. That locker room's not bought in. They're not staying up late to watch. Yeah, the extra and then you have film. the Rams and Bucks. Yeah, the schedule they're just not gets locked into the little details, you know, of their assignments, and you know they're just not talented, you know, they're not talented enough. You know, to, to not be fully locked in and all rolling in the same direction. You know how we talked about the contract with Kyler Murray? Mm-hmm. And I didn't even think about this until just now where I was like, yeah, same thing. Like, I can't bet Christian McCaffrey offensive player of the year. I have no faith in it because he's he's always hurt. Since signing the extension in mm-hmm. 2020, Christian McCaffrey, that made him the highest paid running back in NFL history. He's played 10 of the Panthers' last 33 games. I know. That's all. And it's not been one injury that's re-aggravated and an issue. It's been everything. It's it's a shoulder. It's a knee. It's an ankle. It's a foot. The only uniformity in his injuries, they've all been on the right side of his body. Crazy. But you're right. I think it was a hamstring. Then hamstring, it was a shoulder. Yes. Then I think it was a calf or something. Like I looked at the breakdown of, of the injuries and... You know, we'll see because he's a key component in what they do. Most recently, the ankle, what ended his season last year, but plus 750, comeback player of the year odds, his over-under rushing and receiving yards, 1595 and a half. No I just, shot. I'll take the I can't. Under. Yeah, it's like I yeah. can't get there. I'm looking at all these numbers. I just can't can you, get there. Can you explain to me how in the world uh, Henry is on the comeback player of the year award list? When and he, he came played, back? Yeah, in the playoff game against the Bengals, I, I I still don't understand that. Well, it was only one game, and it wasn't a great game. Yeah, but how do you get comeback play if you finish the season on the field for your team? And we're talking Derrick Henry, Titans running back. He's the prohibitive favorite in the comeback player of the year market. I don't even get how he's a nominee. I do think that given the fact that he came back for that Bengals game, um, you should expect that he won't have limitations, right? I guess that's my big question because he probably came back a little bit earlier than a normal 
person would have tried he to come back like for it. an injury because he wanted to be yeah, in the playoffs. He, he ran like it. He yeah. was soft. Yeah. With a T in that playoff. So game. maybe it doesn't count. Maybe. <laughs> he says his foot is good to go. Two-time Russian champ, 2020 Offensive Player of the Year, Derrick Henry, um, all the things. But his odds, 4-1 to one to win that Comeback Player of the Year. He is the favorite. They start their season against the Giants, so hopefully get off. Get off to a good run, Brian, a running start. The for Brian Derek Dayball Henry. era. I know Giant fans are hoping that he can just get Daniel Jones to look like one quarter of Josh Allen. I feel like a lot of people are way more optimistic on the Giants than I anticipated. I like their D line. You know, they're going to line up with Leonard, Aziz Alagiri, and then Kayvon Thibodeau. Kayvon Thibodeau they're going to be able to rush the quarterback. I do like that about him. If Saquon Barkley's healthy, they're going to be competitive. You know, again, their ability to win and lose games is going, you know, revolve around Daniel Jones. This is kind of what the league is right now. It's a quarterback-driven league. We'll see. He's probably on a one-year earn-it type of situation. Brian DeBall agreed with management. We'll give him a chance, see if I can have an impact on him. So, so we'll see. And I don't think Daniel Jones is a terrible quarterback. I think he was overdrafted. So undue expectations were put on him. If Daniel Jones was a mid-second-round pick, people would be like looking at his career a lot differently. Same thing with Mitchell Trubisky. If Mitchell mm-hmm. Trubisky hadn't gone in front of Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson, people probably would look at you know, what he's been able to do in the league a little differently. Well, like pe- people act like Baker Mayfield is terrible and he's so bad, but I just think, again, he was overdrafted. Mm-hmm. He shouldn't have been the number one overall pick that draft year. And, um, and he still brought the Browns their first – postseason appearance and how long and then he gets dogged the way that he has that Browns people never come for me Couldn't beat Chad Henney. never come for me about the maturity of a quarterback though let me just say that that was the worst argument I've ever heard in my life we're gonna turn the page to baseball when we come back but I swear I could talk NFL all day follow the money on VSEN the sports betting network Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook serving up big wins with our new weekly profit boost on all tennis wagers. Visit BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app every Wednesday to receive a 20% profit boost on any tennis wager. That's right. Log in every Wednesday and automatically receive a 20% profit boost. And now you can even live stream your favorite tennis players right from the Bet Rivers app. Heat up your summer with the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app. It's a whole new game. Back here live from downtown Las Vegas, Circa Resort and Casino, Stormy Bond and Tony, alongside Sean King with you. And obviously this past couple of days, it has been all about the All-Star break, the Home Run Derby, the big game played yesterday where the American League wins a ninth straight all-star game against the National League. Excited to talk it all over as well as get prepped up for the second half with Larry Bow, a former MLB manager, uh, 16 years as a player, World Series champ, five-time all-star. The accolades just go on and on. Larry, thank you so much for taking the time. All right, my pleasure. It was quite a game last night and and very entertaining. Yeah, what were some of your your takeaways from watching the all-star game? Well, obviously, it's a lot different now when it's played. Uh, you know, back when we played, uh, it was almost like playoff games. Uh, the, the presidents of each league came in and told them how, told us how important the games were. And you basically approached it like it was a playoff game, uh, you know, breaking up double plays. And, and uh, there was no microphones on or anything like that. But this was very entertaining. It's a lot different. And it's basically probably for the fans. And uh, I think the guys enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh I would like to see something that you benefit from it by winning it, you know, whether it be a, a playoff, a home field advantage for whoever wins, but I guess they tried that. It didn't work. So, but it, it was an entertaining game. There's no question about that. Hey, y'all, uh, Larry, we may, we may have to bring you back out of retirement, man, and get this national league fired <laughs> up. I mean, nine in a row, where's the yeah. pride? I know it. Uh, you know, and, and when I played, we won similar to something like that uh, in the seventies. And, uh, we were close to maybe it might have been more than that in a row. It seems like they go in streaks right now, but uh, I knew before the game even started, it was going to be a pitching dominated game, not because of the pitchers all throw 95 and above, but the shadows out there in LA, when you play, when you start a game around five o'clock, it, it's really bad. and It's hard to pick up spin. And I think there were well over, I think there were 22 strikeouts uh, a total. So I knew that was going to happen. But it sort of it sort of played like 
baseball is playing now, you know, strikeouts and home runs. And, and uh, obviously the American league hit a couple of big home runs that uh, put them over the top. And uh, they came out victorious three to two. So much talent inside of Dodger stadium, some young, some established veterans. As we move past the all-star game, the next major deadline is August 2nd. It's the trade deadline. Juan Soto's, you know, been, you know, the focal point of trade talks, it seems. But you also hear whispers that show he, Atani, or Luis Castillo, or, or Montas, the pitcher for the A's, could move. What are you hearing about who's going to be available for the trade deadline? And where do you ultimately think Juan Soto ends up? Well, there's going to be a lot of talk between now and the trade deadline. I mean, if you take a look at the standings right now, you got wild cards everywhere. I mean, a team uh, as as bad as Colorado has played, at, especially on the road, they're like six games out of a wild card. So, you know, those teams have got to be in consideration of playing in a wild card. I, I do believe there's going to be a sub-500 team in, in one of these wild cards, uh, which – you know, I, I don't really agree with, but, you know, it keeps the fan base interested. If you're one of those teams that, that are right on the fence, it'll keep their interest all the way in until the end of the season. So I guess it's good for the, the owners and it's good for the fan base. But uh, I don't know. I liked it the other way. Uh, but I do think there's going to be some big names. Moved. I personally, I don't see Soto getting moved because just because he's got two more years of uh, a, a, a being involved with it, with Washington, going through arbitration. I, I do think that he will eventually be moved, but I think it's just too quick of him turning down this contract and then putting together something where they can get players right now. And I don't think Washington is going to look for prospects. I think they want prospects plus players that are already in the big leagues. Now, if they can get together a package like that, I'm sure they would move him, but they're not just going to move him for well, these guys got a chance to play here. Uh, that's too big of an asset to be moving a guy just for prospects. A massive asset, and at just 23 years old. Like, I am still right. just my, – my mind has been blown just to think about the amount of success he's had, the track record he has, the magnitude of a player he is at his age. And thinking about somebody like him being available via trade, I, I couldn't even think of somebody that young with all of those accolades – can you, is there a name that you can think of that has been that young and has this kind of track record that would be available via trade like this potentially? No, not that young. This kid's got tremendous talent. There was a lot of talent on that field last night and there, a lot of them were very young. Um, and, and I think the fact that the money part got out uh, was very upsetting to Soto. You know, usually that stuff is kept hush hush. And the same thing happened with Judge when he turned down his money. So I think owners now are saying, Hey, fans don't think we want these guys. So we're going to put this money out there and say, this is what we offered them. And they turned it down. But I don't think they went into the complete negotiations because from what I understand, again, this is just hearsay. A lot of that money from what I heard was going to be deferred. So, you know, I think you got to listen to both sides of the story. And I'm not saying that part is right. I'm just telling you what, what I heard from somebody that's a good source. So, uh, you know, the fact that they, that both teams put those dollar amounts out there, uh, that's unprecedented, really. Usually those things go hush-hush all the way to the end. But, uh, you know, it happened. So we'll see how this thing plays out. You know what, Larry, I know you're very familiar with the National League East, being a former Phillies manager. The Mets sit in first place right now. Max Scherzer returned from injury looked as good as ever in his uh, last start before the All-Star break. Jacob DeGrom, a story came out that a simulated game that he was supposed to have Tuesday was pushed back to Thursday after he felt mild muscle soreness in his right shoulder. Uh, A guy that's battled injuries like him, if you're the manager and you hear this, what level of concern do you have about DeGrom and when he's able to return? Mine would be a high level of concern because he's had these issues now for well over a year. Uh, He's a tremendous pitcher, as we well all know. He had two good outings, I guess, on his rehab. And it could be just general soreness or it could be something more than that. I'm sure they're going to keep this quiet. But the fact that they're moving it back 
And I think his next start, which you said would be Thursday, is going to be one that I'm sure everyone's going to look at because you, you could have that general soreness. You know, when pitchers go to spring training, usually they're after their second start, uh, you know, they throw two or three innings and they are a little sore. So we'll see how that plays out on Thursday. But, but again, uh, you know, I'm taking a look at the Mets and what they've done without those two guys. I mean, Scherzer just came back. It looks like he's in full swing again, but they've held their own out there. And I'm sure that if these uh, question marks keep coming up with DeGrom, I'm sure you're going to see the Mets very active in their search for another starting pitcher. You know, last thing I have for you, Larry, one of the things that pains me when I watch a baseball game is for a sharp ball to be hit right over the second base back, and there's 82 infielders that are (laughs) scattered across. Please tell me your feelings on the shift and should Major League Baseball do away with it, which I think they're going to do next year anyway? Yeah, it does sound like they are going to do away with it uh, uh, and have two guys on each side of the bag. Uh, the only thing I have on that is, you know, when, when we played back in the day, we, we, guys like Willie Stargell and Billy Williams, those, those Hall of Fame players, uh, we, we generally sh- not shifted, but we played dead pull. And, but those guys had the ability to handle the bat and hit a ball another way. And some of these guys, they will not change the swing. They will not change the bat angle. They're going to constantly hit in the shift. So it's going to benefit guys like that. So for the, for the good of baseball, I think taking away the shift, you're going to see more base hits. You're going to see more athleticism with the infielders because they're going to have to go for balls. Now it seems like they're always stationed right where the ball hits. And that, that's the one thing I miss is the great plays in the infield. You still see them in the outfield. But the great plays in the infield, you're going to see a lot more of them because they're going to show their athletic ability because they're going to have to show their range and their arm. So I, I think in, in the long run, it's going to be good for baseball. I think you're going to see maybe more runs scored and you're going to see more athleticism, for, especially from the guys in the middle of the infield. Larry, this time went by too quickly. We really, really appreciate it. All right. My pleasure. And uh, looking forward to having a great second half here in both the American and National League. Yes, absolutely. Could not agree more. Great stuff yeah, from man. Larry Boa. And, and and he's right because the the second half, just like for athletes, it's a time for them to reset and refocus. I think for betters, similar situation for us, right? We can reset, look ahead to see which teams we think are going to be poised to take that next step. Really interesting. He doesn't think Juan Soto is going to get moved. He thinks National is going to get into the arbitration game with him in the next couple of years before they move the home run derby winner. And it's unfortunate that the Nationals weren't on that next team odds board, right? They weren't included in that one. So stay in put. You can't bet on it as of now. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. (laughs) 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The guy has an algorithm to determine the winner of any given college basketball game. Someone gives you 10,000 to 1 on anything. Take it, take it, take it. I'll bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. No way. I'll give you three to one odds. Nope. Five to one. Nope. Ten to one. You're up. That's my favorite intro to any segment ever. Time for In Pocket Plays presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. And this will be fast and furious, Sean, because there's only one to get into because we have no sports today. We don't. We don't. I lost. I had American League. I mean, uh, National League yesterday. I thought. You know, the guys would so show some gumption that they'd care. And I knew I was wrong very early in the game. Manny Machado didn't even make it to first base. On a ball that if he ran fast, he probably would have been safe. So I was like, yeah, I'm in trouble. I'm sad that I, I that I wasn't on the show with you and Dave yesterday. So I could have at least given you the under because that was my favorite oh, I play. wish you would have been here. Great pitching beats great. Come on. And, and you know what? It's tough because you're coming off of the home run derby. Yeah, I understand that mentality. So you're like, and then Dodger Stadium seems kind of hitter friendly. And I told you, I know not a lot of people like the thought process of following trends when it comes to betting, and I'm very situational when it comes to that. But the unders, thirteen and three, the yeah. last sixteen MLB All Star games. Good and call by you. I just, I rode, I rode with it because this isn't one of those events where you can truly find a good edge, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's so much talent all over the field. You don't know who's taking it serious, right. who doesn't care. So we just had fun with it. But all right, that's that's our in-pocket place today. In-pocket presented by Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. Check out their daily specials posted afternoon Eastern at BetRivers.com. But don't worry, as the week continues and we find some baseball games that are coming back here later on, we'll get some winners. Absolutely. Uh the only way I bet baseball, so I'll have some stuff for you. I think tomorrow the Yankees Astros, I think, play a double header, and then I think the there's two double hitters and then two standalone games. So I don't think they've listed the pitchers yet, but but we'll see once the pitchers come out. We're getting back at it. It'll be it'll be delightful. Um, I guess we can wrap things up though, getting back to college football. I it's just on the brain right now. <laughs> We're at that point of year where all of the media days are getting underway and I'm a big fan of talking season. Speaking of which, Clemson head coach Davo Sweeney had some comments about, I mean, and every coach is going to this time of year, but about conference realignment, about the future of college football. Had some interesting things to say. I think most people know where college football is heading. Uh, it's just a matter of when. Is it next week? Is it five years from now? Is it three years from now? I, I don't really know, but I think most people could probably, uh, that were really a part of this game, can agree that you know ultimately there's going to be a, a restructuring of college football. Uh, there's going to be a new governance structure at some point. I don't think there's any doubt of that. Where we are right now, it's kind of like we've kind of rounded second base and there's a line drive and everybody's kind of holding halfway to see if it got through, right? You know, we'll either get on home or, or, or go back to second. I can tell you this, no matter what happens, whether we're, whether we're, you know, the ACC goes to 52 teams or, or we move to the uh, uh, new Megatron World Conference, uh, <laughs> I don't really know, uh, but you know, people have never come to Clemson because of the league win. Honestly, uh, people come to Clemson because we're Clemson. I like that. I like the way he put that. But I also had to have a good laugh at the Megatron World Conference. What's your view on on how these super mega conferences are going to be created in the future? Is it two twenty team conferences? That are the I don't think they really have a plan. The they like, definitely don't have a plan. So I think anyone that says they know is kind of just well, guessing. Well, you're Puckstradamus, so I thought maybe you could play Nostradamus here in football. Yeah, so I, I don't, I don't well. really know. I mean, explain how USC and UCLA fit in the Big Ten. I mean, what are they going to parachute out as they fly over Nebraska and, and drop like the <laughs> the the women's volleyball team <laughs> off as they're going to the football game, like? 
This is ridiculous from a travel standpoint. Like the travel yeah. budget alone is going. I mean, I'm like bankrupt some of the small and big ten schools. Just to interject on that thought process, we need to be done with regionalizing the names of conferences and attaching numbers to them. Right. It just it makes no sense anymore. Can I say this about Dabo Sweeney? He was laughing, but he's worried. Because Clemson does things a specific way. For instance, Stormy, in recruiting, if you commit to Clemson, you can't take any other visits. You have to completely shut down your recruiting or they pull the scholarship. Dabo Sweeney has taken the stance that we don't get involved in the transfer portal. All of a sudden in this new environment, guess where Clemson finished in the 2022 recruiting rankings? 14th. They have been top four in the previous, I think, six years. So this is like well, and a clash up. of ideologies. Like Clemson doesn't want to evolve, pivot, and change, but the environment and the landscape has drastically shifted. And they're coming off of a year where they saw their consecutive streak of ACC titles snapped, where they didn't make the college football playoff for the first time since 2014. So they're in a very unique situation this year, yet still very short odds on the odds board to ultimately win a national championship. How do you feel about the Clemson Tigers outlook this season? specifically? I'm, I'm selling. I like, Tyler, I like Tyler Van Dyke at Miami. I like Mario Cristobal and the uh, discipline he's bringing to the program. What do you think about NC State, Dave Dorn's squad? Generally, historically under Dorn, when they have expectations, they falter. They play better as the underdog than they do as the favorite. So I'm kind of lukewarm on them. But then again, I just don't think Clemson with DJ at quarterback is, is any good on offense. Unless he some kind of way rekindles the young man that played uh, in the regular season Notre Dame game when Trevor Lawrence got injured. I mean, Clemson's going to be in trouble because mm-hmm. they don't have the depth that they had the previous years. They don't have the offensive skill players that they had when Deshaun Watson was there and, you know, you're running around with all of these, you know, top half of the first-round wide receivers that all look the same. They all were like 6'4", could do a 360 dunk on the basketball court, had hands with like glue. Like, Clemson is in a very interesting stage because they have not pivoted as everything else has changed around them. Think about that, Stormy, 14th in mm. recruiting. DJ Uyungle, 55.6%. Yeah, I wasn't going to try and pronounce Nine touchdowns. <laughs> That's like the one name I can pronounce, but nine <laughs> touchdowns versus 10 interceptions. So can he take that step forward? They also or does had a the lo- true freshman step in? They also had a lot of turnover on that staff. Lost Jeff Scott the year before. Now they lost uh, Brent Venables and Tony Elliott. Yes. So it's going to be fascinating to watch them this year. So I make the comment about would the true freshman overtake that role half in jest, but half kind of serious when, like I mentioned earlier in the show, when we were talking about the Heisman Trophy odds last year, like how many players had their role usurped, Mm -hmm. had injuries to where somebody stepped in and took that role that were top 10 on the Heisman odds board that were nowhere to be found by the end of things. Yes. So It's interesting because Dabo's proven that he'll do it. Remember, Kelly Bryant was coming off of, uh, what, they play in the national title game or actually win it, and then Trevor Lawrence came in, and he started Kelly for, like, the first two games, I think, and then announced Trevor as a starter, and Kelly decided, to, okay, I'm going to sit out the rest of the year. So he's proven that he will play a younger guy if the incumbent, you know, isn't, isn't making things happen at quarterback. Now, not that I think they're going to win. Wake Forest at 18-1 to 1 seemed like a little bit of a long number. They're going to be so good on offense, but they are atrocious <laughs> on defense. We saw that last no year, No lead too. is safe. <laughs> no lead is safe. I still, they broke my heart at Ch- in Chapel Hill last year. Oh, man, I thought they had that game won, and they just. I was on the wrong side of that bet as well. <sighs> but, you know, Wake Forest overs. Keep that yeah, in right. your back pocket. You're right. You're right. There oh. are certain teams that are like that. Like Ohio State is an over team. Utah, who we talked about earlier, is an over team. Wake Forest, an over team because they have the offensive output and the defense just. Wake Forest, the only team in the yeah. country can get Army in a shootout. <laughs> it's, just, it's, just, it's just unbelievable, man. I mean, they're just so bad on defense. You're something else. What <laughs> other conferences have you been diving into? Uh, I actually like Kansas State. To win the Big 12, I think Oklahoma takes a major step back with all the elite talent that left 
Uh, Norman, I think Texas is still kind of maybe a year or two away on both lines. Iowa State had a lot of graduation. Uh, Oklahoma State lost everything but the D-line on defense for the most part. I know Baylor's sitting there, but I love Martinez going from Nebraska to Kansas State. He's such a Manhattan kind of quarterback. And then I love climbing. They got Deuce Vaughn at running back. I'm taking K-State to win the Big 12. All right. Well, I'm going to have to do some Kansas State research tonight. I'll okay. get back to you on tomorrow's show. I'll go, th- I'll go through the Big 12, see what we can do. I know people are saying, Texas. Texas is back. They ain't back. Um, there is, they're not. They're, see, okay, we're going to have to Wasn't get into. Wasn't that the great Brent Musburger on the call? Or was that somebody else? It went, was when it? Charlie Strong and, and, and Texas beat Notre Dame? Uh, I don't know. I'll have to go recheck Brent, my favorite human being on the entire <laughs> planet. All right, that's going to do it for today's edition of Follow the Money. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us over the last three hours. We'll be back the rest of the week. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.